Welcome back to another episode of Ophelia Talks. We made it, baby! Double digits! It's episode 10. How are you? My name is Zach Rich. I am your podcast host, your company manager, your overall pretty decent guy, if I do say so myself. I try to keep modest about myself, but I think I'm pretty alright. We're going to get to today's episode in just a moment, but I want to fill you in on something a little bit cool. Next Friday, February 16th, we are hosting a Balkanal Benefit for our upcoming production of Lissa Strada Jones. We'll be having it at Albatross Bar, right in the heart of Astoria. It's going to be a night of music and reverie and prizes, raffles. We're going to have performances from several cast members of Lissa Strada Jones. We're going to have karaoke right afterwards. It's going to be a night of fun and debauchery, and I hope you can come out. We have a suggested donation of $10 at the door. More information about that can be found at our website at ophelia.theater.org. I want to thank Fiend in Green for the use of our theme song. It's Welcome to Enjoy off the album Green Planet Adventures. Find out more about them at fiendingreen.bandcamp.com. And my guest for this double-digit episode is Matt Summers. He'll be playing Xander in the upcoming production of Liz Estrada Jones. Enjoy the episode. Come back next week. I'll have some more fun for your ears. Enjoy! Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> oh, let's start. Give me yeah, some yeah, dirt definitely. on your life. <laughs> uh, no, I know nothing about you, okay. which is uh, wildly exciting for me. I got to say this to Chloe when I met her, too. I got to hear you sing at the fundraiser we had a couple of weeks back, back yeah, at the duplex, yeah. and you were immaculate. Oh, thank you. I, I was, Yeah, and you weren't even part of the cast at the time, so I was just <laughs> like, that's a very charming and easy on the ears young man. Yeah, I just came in. Uh, Kristen, I, I think you guys had somebody drop out at the last second. And oh, so you just I, stepped in. I stepped in, and I uh, no, I was lucky. It's a beautiful song that the guy wrote. So yeah. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll sing this. I'll, yeah, it's great. And now you're in the cast. Now I'm, now I'm here in the cast. You're playing Xander wait. for us. That's right, Xander. That's all I know about you, so I'm going to ask you this question. Mm. You're talking to a person who knows nothing about you right now. Mm. So what's the first thing you want this person, and by extension, the entire podcast audience, the entire to know about podcast. you? Oh, wow. I'm not even going to give you a question. Just give Just, me like... What is the, the... What's the one thing you need me to know right now? Oh, uh, I am a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Okay. I am like number one huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Bruce is like the one rock legend i've just never been able to actually sit down and listen to an album of oh i feel like i only ever heard the actual studio recording of born in the usa for the first time like in a department store over the last year and i was like oh this isn't live yeah every recording i hear of it (laughs) is live yeah yeah he has a lot of live recordings out it's a shame it's such a shame that that's the song that everybody knows him by right like because there's so much more to him well there's so much more to him and also they misunderstand that song. Okay. Because, like, you know, like, 
we're gonna go deep into Bruce for a second. Please give me this yes. Bruce Springsteen power hour. Here. That's right. Um, so so uh, Born in the USA was like this huge hit of the '80s. So much so that that uh, Ronald Reagan used it as his like campaign song, mm-hmm. and Springsteen like sued him and said, "Don't do that," because everybody misunderstood the song. The song is about a guy who is like really really patriotic and then goes off and fights in Vietnam and loses a leg. And he's, like, going back to his hometown, getting drunk, you know, born in the USA. It's, like, really satirical. It's, like... It's, it's in the same vein as, like, how political ads use fortunate son these days. Yeah! yeah. It's a lot like that. The song's yeah. just lost the meaning just by this completely. point. completely. The point is a guy yelling, born in the USA, and everybody looking at him like, oh, man, that guy. If you were to give me a, like, five-song playlist of Bruce Springsteen songs to listen to after this. Oh, okay. Gotta, you gotta listen to... Have, have you not heard Born to Run? I heard it when I watched the last episode of Daily Show. Oh. I played that. Yes. Because uh, yes. John Stewart. Because John Stewart. Big. The the original Jersey boy. That's right. That's right. Um, you should listen to Adam Raised a Cane. Okay. It's about him and his dad, which is just like a crazy rock and song. I feel like he would have a really good dad song. Oh, he's got mostly really good dad <laughs> songs. It's like his whole career. Uh, there's this great story about Bruce. His dad... It's like that classic, like, dad does not accept me sure. like, going into music and whatnot. And he never did the whole time. Like, like Bruce was, like, on the cover of Time magazine, like, musician of the future, like, has, like, you know, platinum records and all this stuff. And that whole time, his dad would call him up from time to time and say, when are you going to give up this music thing? And, like, come back and get a real job. Oh, my heart just melted. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... It took until something like 93 when he wrote Streets of Philadelphia for the movie Philadelphia, and he won an Academy Award for yes. that. And he came back to his dad's house, and he put it on the table, and his dad said, I'll never tell you what to do again. Okay, so that one. Give me three more. It's fun. Yes, that one. Uh, I think that you should probably listen to The River. Okay. Uh, you should listen to... I like Promised Land and Rosalita. I will listen to those tonight. Listen to them. Report back to you at rehearsal. That's right. Good. I feel like Bruce Springsteen is one of those artists that's just like a first name basis kind of artist. It's Bruce. Bruce. It's Dave. Mm. Yeah. It's Babs. (laughs) I love the idea that Bruce Springsteen and Babs are in the same category. I think Bruce is the straight man's Babs. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, oh, what's Bruce doing these days? Oh, I don't know, honey. She's crazy. (laughs) You know, I'll see him every time. I mean, that's that's how I, I was introduced. My my parents are huge uh, uh, fans of hers. And they're yeah. like, oh, what's Babs up to these days? And I'm like, do we know her? <laughs> we don't know. And that's how I was introduced. That's right. That's great. That's right. Is that uh, is that the kind of music you were raised on? I was raised on... I, I was just having like a bunch of conversations about just Desert Island albums. The uh, first things I got into was like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and all sure. that stuff. Because I like watched a couple of episodes of all that. And <laughs> yeah. the Backstreet Boys were on it once and they did. That was a big deal uh, when they were on it. Quit playing games with my heart. And I was just like, yeah. this is music. This, this is, is what, what music is. is. But then we were discussing the term guilty pleasures. Mm. And when I'm using the term guilty pleasures, I love, and this is going, this is supposed to be a theater podcast. But we're just yes. going to talk about this the whole time. Right. I loved Nickelback's Silver Side Up when it first came out. <laughs> And that album is a gateway drug for me because I had never heard anything like it. And I thought to myself, golly, what else is here? Which is what led me to bands like Disturbed and Shinedown and stuff from the 2000s, which led to Black Sabbath, which led to 
Like everything else that I know and love today, it's because of Nickelback. Nickelback. Yeah. That is a wild pack. Nickelback. Creed. Three Doors Down. We all like to hate on those bands today. It's true. We love to hate on those bands. But everything I am today is because of that. (laughs) I owe Chad Kroger my life, (laughs) goddammit. I don't think the Three Doors Down gets nearly the flack that those other two bands. Do. I was so disappointed that they played at the Doctor. Oh yeah, that was. Just I that. saw. I was watching that happen, and I was like, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. no. But also, like, uh, play Semi Charmed Life. But <laughs> did they play Semi Charmed? Oh, I'm sure they did. It's not their song. Wait, it's not. That's uh. That's not Third Eye Blind. Damn That's it. the other three band. Uh, you got Three Days three Grace, day. Three Doors Down, and Third Eye Blind. And, and Three Eleven. Do- and Three Dog Night. And three Dog Night. <laughs> That's right. And uh, Three Dime... There's a country band, like Three Dime Trucker or three something. Three Dime Trucker. <laughs> I don't even know. He's not invited to the club. He's like, hey, guys. <laughs> no, but when, when, when we're talking about the music that influenced us, like, yeah. it's hard to deny the stuff that was big that mm. led you to the things that are small. Oh yeah, that you fall in love with. That's true. I uh, Backstreet Boys was my first album too. And yeah. Soon after that, Smash Mouth. Oh, so definitely. I certainly. Fish Fu Yang, I had playing you know on a loop. We all were just walking around with All Star playing. I that. mean, even with you're thinking about musical theater. What's the musicals that get you into that Ooh. world? It's Rent. It's Cats. Sure, it's Wicked. Sure. Stuff that. You, is the best of the best of the time because of the cream of the crop, but then you sit there and go, oh, Rent's actually extremely problematic. I like all this other stuff instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. What was the, the first musical you ever did? The first I ever did was, it was a original musical that a middle school director in my school district did. I was in eighth grade, and oh. it was called Hullabaloo, which was a 60s review. I got into it because I had a huge crush. On a girl. Yes, always. So I auditioned to impress her, and for some arbitrary reason, I was given the lead in the show. Like there I was you the go. host of Hollywood. <laughs> the Never host got of Hollywood. The Blue. girl, but it affected my life completely and totally. <laughs> what about you? I'm the host of the show. <laughs> fair fair <laughs> enough. It's fine. I love the dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the first. The first musical I ever did, uh, it's, uh, it's a little problematic. Yes! What is it? Tell me, tell me, tell me! I was in fifth grade, and I did The King and I. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fifth grade, did yes! The King and I. Can you guess what part I played? Oh, I don't want to guess. I just want to hear you, you say know it. it. You know I was the king, baby. That's, that's right. And for you podcasters, <sighs> that's right. This voice is a very white voice. Yes. That's... <laughs> And it, it really is incredible. And, again, I grew up in, like, Maryland and, uh, like, a suburb of Baltimore. And it just was not the most culturally diverse place. So why they thought that we should do The King and I is kind of beyond me. But, yeah, they shaved my head. and That's like how yeah. suburban schools do ragtime in yeah. this day and age. Yeah, you shouldn't do just, that. You shouldn't do that. Just don't, just don't do that. Let's introduce the kids to this culture. That's right. Uh, there was a... I, I had a job at a place called Weathervane Theater. I know uh, Weathervane. You know Weathervane? Yes. I yeah. have several friends that have done shows there. Yeah, that's a, up in New Hampshire, right? That's right. Yes. It's in New Hampshire, which, again, is not very culturally diverse. No. It's a great theater. I, I would love to work there again, guys, if you're listening. <laughs> but uh, they did... I saw a production of Hairspray where they... It was all white except for Tracy. Which is very confusing. <laughs> yes. Because then all the dialogue ends up switched. And it's just... 
It's just the whole the audience is really trying to always look at each other like, is this okay? It's just a race flipped version of hairspray. That's right. That's right. Uh, a school in my county in the high school did a race flipped version of Big River. Interesting. And they got sued by Rogers and Hammerstein. That seems appropriate. Yeah. Ex- yeah, it, it is funny, though. It's like a little public high school. <laughs> like, and Rogers and Hammerstein is coming down Did on Did they it. come down on them because they didn't secure the rights or because they just... No, they secured the rights. They... Oh, so they were just like, hey, this is blasphemy. They they, they said that Here's they... the good book and here's you <laughs> urinating all over it. I mean, basically, they were saying you did not ask us if you could do this wild reinterpretation <laughs> of this script. <laughs> so, no, the rights are pulled. That's yeah. insane to me. Yeah. I've been fortunate to avoid any like big controversial show. I mean, I went mm. to a predominantly my college program was predominantly white, but we never like mm. done anything that strayed. Like we did yeah. a little night music in Urinetown. Like historically yeah. white shows. Yeah. Historically white shows. Uh, that's a bad thing to say. <laughs> no, I mean like it's true. It's just uncomfortable for it's everybody. It's uncomfortable for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I bring you on to my show and we're talking about we're talking race. About histor- okay, so Let's talk about the historically oh, white shows. This, this is going to get those clicks, baby. This is the last episode of the <laughs> That's show. That's right. Everybody loves... Let's, let's hear back That's right. to you. Uh, where'd you go to school? I, I went to Elon with Kristen, our choreographer for, yes. for Lestrada Jones. I don't know where that is. Uh, it's in North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. And then how... When did you get to New York? I got to New York in uh, just the summer of 2013. And oh, we moved at the same time. Oh, nice. How exciting. How exciting. Uh, pretty quick after that, I moved out to Colorado for a year because I had a job out there. Okay. And Colorado is awesome if you ever get the chance. I had so many friends because all my friends were like the stoner crowd and the uh, sit around, get blaze, and make some music kind of thing. That was my high school experience. They yeah. all went to Colorado. Yeah. Oh, the second. The second they were good. <laughs> it's it is way awesome. What were you doing out there? I did uh, I did uh, South Pacific, and then I did Spam a lot, and I did both of those for about three months, and then I had a month break, and then I did Big River for not not Big River. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say yeah no I uh, I did a Big Fish Big okay. Fish for like uh, two months. Oh, nice. And yeah. That was an awesome, awesome production. And that brought you back to New York afterwards? That's right. That, uh, they, I was, I ran out of jobs, so I came back to New York. Mm-hmm. And what have you been doing around the city since then? So that you, have you been here the rest of the four, uh, basically, years? In and out. In and out. You know, yeah. getting, uh, doing whatever came to me. But last year I did a nymph show, uh, with a friend of mine from Elon, and that oh, wow. was fun. And then recently, me and Kristen have been working together on kind of other creative projects. We have this uh, film coming out soon called Do You Dance, Miss Parker? that I wrote and uh, Kristen choreographed and directed. And it's about uh, this kind of date with Dorothy Parker that I kind of fantasized on. Okay. Yeah. You know Dorothy Parker? I, I'm well aware of who Dorothy Parker is. Oh, all right. <laughs> well aware. That's that's a really interesting concept. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty out there. It's Have you fun. written much before? Is this the first time you're getting no, your yeah, work produced? Pretty or? much the first time. I was I was in Virginia for this Christmas Carol gig and this was during this was during the election. It was like just one of the loneliest I've felt, like, on a contract, like, 
at all. It was just, it was a crazy time. I tell you, there's nothing like being in the middle of, like, the most Republican part of the country during that election. Like, I had had never... Was there, like, jubilation? Oh, yeah, they were... Like, shooting their shotguns into the air? (laughs) No, no. It was more like... Well, it was funny because in the month leading up to it, people, you would see all, like, the red hats and, like, everybody was really pumped about it. And then the day, like, the night, people were celebrating, but then the day after, it was really kind of glum. It was really interesting. Interesting. It, It was like... It did not feel like the, those people thought that Donald Trump was going to win. Right. They just wanted they, to like they, yeah. hoot and holler and... Yeah. That's so fast. I was at a party uh, with some mutual friends of mine and like the energy in the room was high and jubilant and half of the women in the room were like volunteers for Hillary's campaign sure, and everything sure. and we're in this good place and like we're all getting junker and junker and as the yeah. night goes as on the, the energy goes just on. gets lower and lower and lower and my, at the time, girlfriend turned to me and said, we should go. Like, there was no final announcements or anything. We were like, oh. yeah, we should probably go. I haven't seen any of those people since. Oh, man. That is <laughs> We were so just kind of sitting around being like, is this happening? Is yeah. Is this going to happen? We all went into that night so confident and just, like, slowly. It just, it broke. Just went away. It broke. Like, I went outside the next morning and the air felt stagnant and stale. <laughs> like, there was just this ugly smell in the air and nobody was really looking each other in the eye. We were just kind of shuffling around being like, well, it's yeah. the end of days. So. <laughs> it's the end of days. What do I do now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we were talking about your... Oh, yes. But uh, while I was there, uh, you know, I, I just kind of ended up kind of alone a lot. So I decided to write this little screenplay. So... I sent it to Kristen, and all of a sudden, I don't know if you know how Kristen works at all, but... I've gotten a deep window into her soul the last couple of weeks, and oh my gosh. Yeah, she she gets stuff going. I I got back to town, and she was like, okay, so we have pre-pro on, like, Saturday, and and I was like, oh, okay. She's a little spitfire. She is. She is a way get up and go kind of guy. She's the kind of person where I'm in the middle of moving right now and I'm trying to like secure a place and find roommates and all this stuff. And she sent me like four different people to be like, hey, do you need somebody to live with? I'm like, maybe possibly I'll let you know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Kristen sent me over here. You seem nice. I'm like, you, you seem nice too. Kristen's a very good judge of character. Finds <laughs> finds people on the street. She's just waving them down. Come on, come on, this guy needs to Hey now, come over here. Hang out with me. Her hair's amazing right now. Oh isn't yeah, it? she's dyed like this awesome purple, deep purple. Right. <laughs> uh, deep purple. Another deep. band I'm thankful for that's Nickelback right. for. Oh, that's right, Nickelback. <laughs> it uh, all comes back to Nickelback. Let's talk about Xander. Sure. We I was talking with Chloe and Sean about how they're kind of playing the cool kid and that they mm. were the cool kids, whereas Xander is this. Artsy fartsy, fuck the man kind of. Vibe. Yeah. How much do you relate to that kind of? Oh, I definitely mentality. I definitely relate to the idea of taking pride in not just doing things because they're popular. Mm-hmm. Like, like having some sort of almost, almost like to a fault. Like that happens with with Xander. It, yeah. it, it is. I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to look up on all the right forums and avoid human contact. <laughs> so there. I'm going to share constant opinions about the government. And That's their right. I don't care if anybody wants to hear them. But yeah, um, and I, I definitely get that. And it's there's definitely a, a sort of a reminder of you know I'm a little bit older now, but I remember being young and and having 
a, a great pride in having all of my own opinions. Yes. That no one else influenced my opinions. My opinions are the first opinions like them ever. Do you ever feel this sense of like hype aversion when somebody they're like telling you about a TV show and they go, <laughs> "Oh, Breaking Bad is the best TV show ever made." That's right. And you think, "I don't think so." I'm going to take my entirely uninformed opinion yeah. and say, nah, brah. I've, I've seen a TV show before. I'm pretty sure I would know if I it was I watched the... Modern Family. <laughs> That's right. I'm sure it's not better than The Modern Family. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but... And he's also so energetic about so many things. And he's got a energy that is, that is really inspiring. Uh, uh, how he energizes different people to do different things during the show. So how much of a, let's take you back, let's age you back five years and mm. say how much of Xander was in you back then versus how much of Xander is in you right five now? Five years. Uh, okay, so that's that's junior year of college. And yeah, I, I'd say that a, a lot of Xander uh, was in me. I, would, I had just started getting into improv at that point so i was very kind of experimental and getting into a whole new group of friends i definitely say that i was just as nervous as him around women so so that'll that'll uh, hopefully i'll be able to find that yeah just kind of grab onto that because i'm very cool now i'm (laughs) i I can't i can't stress i don't think i tell people i don't think i actually learned how to talk to a female human being until I was about 23 and that's only because I had realized at that age oh it's like talking to a guy there's nothing different that's right that's right (laughs) there's nothing different and you don't just yeah you put a great amount of pressure on yourself I feel like uh, every single interaction uh if you if you like a certain lady and Xander definitely acts that way throughout the course oh, of the play. Oh, definitely. I think he's one of the most fascinating characters in the show. Yeah. Maybe because that's the character I relate to the most, <laughs> but uh, just his kind of You don't of see arc, yourself as a Robin? Well, <laughs> maybe a version of me with tits, but... <laughs> That's right, the best version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. This is again problematic. Oh, no! Uh, <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no. All the clips. I've lost my train of thought. No, uh, we're worried. Let's talk about something. You know, <laughs> let's talk about NBA trade line deadline. You know. Yeah, I hear some crazy trades. One crazy trades. Crazy trades. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, love that. <laughs> Mike is... Tubman, who is our male vocalist in the show, is going to That's get that right. part of the show and be like, "They're talking my <laughs> shit." <laughs> and then he's gonna, he's he's gonna be wildly disappointed. Have you ever been in a mascot costume before? In a mascot costume, no. And that is that is something that is promised to me, and I'm very excited. Let about me tell it. you something. It is the most uncomfortable experience I have ever been in. Hmm. Because I did a theme park contract for a summer, mm. and I was doing these shows in these giant beaver costumes. But this park made the costumes in a way that. These were only supposed to be worn maybe twice a month instead of five times a day. Mm. So my favorite part of this job was while walking around in these beaver suits in 100 degree weather Mm. with very little break time was that there were these giant tails because they were beavers. Yes. And the tails, first couple of days, kept drooping lower and lower and lower to the ground until eventually they just snapped and they were about at a 90 degree angle with the rest of the costume. (laughs) And these tails were about... Five feet long. <laughs> so if there was a young child behind me while I'm walking around the park doing a meet and greet, 
Dead children just, all around me. Just knocking them out. I don't think that's what you're going to have to deal with in the show. I, I, I wish it was because that sounds amazing. I wish I could do like the little spins. <laughs> just like, oh, no, 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 no. Just fly up a little bit. Just severed heads all around <laughs> the place. Just causes conflict, you yes. know. I don't think that's something you'll have to deal good, with. Good, 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 good. But, yeah, it's... The show's just so fascinating because of how it deals with the hierarchy of college life. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did you go to a school that had, like, a big, important basketball team? I did. I did. It's more important now. I went to the University of Buffalo oh. where, after I left, I think... Two years out of school was the first year we made the NCAA tournament. Uh, uh, so I think there's a much bigger culture there now hmm. than there was then. I know football was still a very big thing. And I wasn't into football while I was in college because I was still like the whole theater kid mentality mm -hmm. of, well, who needs sports when you got art? Whereas <laughs> now I can't. You stand on the sidelines and yell that at them. Whereas nowadays I can't stop paying attention to the NFL and I'm in three fantasy football leagues. Like, stop. It's stop. weird what happens to you when you change. Uh <laughs> Why were we talking about this? Nope, I've completely lost nope. my train of thought. Just gone. It's just gone. <laughs> just, it's just out of here. It's out of here. I'm thinking about the NFL again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking about... You got a lot of thoughts on it? I, I mean, have good a old... lot of thoughts on the Patriots losing, the Patriots which is lost. great. Oh, yeah. So good. Gotta love that. <laughs> I hear Tom Brady had a great game, too. And he, they... had, he had an all-star game that just wasn't good enough. Terrible defense, huh? Bad defense. Bad all defense around. all around. It was... Welcome to Sports Talk. Yeah, Sports Zach Talk. Zach Rich. Ooh. Uh, the Winter Olympics begin to... No. no. Uh, <laughs> There's I a... wish I remember what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were talking about uh, the, the the way the show shows the kind of different... The changes in social hierarchy and what happens when we break down the caste system. We're back yeah, on track. That's right. The caste system. Yes. Did you ever, when you were in high school or in college, take a look around your social situations and be like, well, this is a person I will never be in contact with until suddenly they're like there in your life every day yeah there was a my f my first girlfriend was um a real a real a sports girl and i wasn't really in that that that's kind of a it's underselling what a ridiculous thing it was uh <laughs> it, it, please it, sell it to me well what it is is that like she was Involved in a different group of friends than me, but also she was part of... Have you ever heard of the Unification Church? Yes. Yeah, so she was in the Unification Church. Gotcha. Which means she had an arranged marriage. So... Golly. So, yeah. Uh, like, we had, uh, like, I... We kind of flirted for, like, three years, and then we dated for six months in which I had to, like... Our, our dating was me driving her home every day and dropping her off three blocks away from her house so her yeah. dad didn't see me. Like, yeah, it was the most Dawson's Creek my life has ever been. That, sound, so that, that sounds like the pristine high school relationship. That's right, the pristine. Just like the mystery and the intrigue. That's and, right. Oh, I'm betrothed to somebody else. That's right. We're betraying man, God. And that's we're, a teen drama and a half right it was now. such a teen drama. You could write drama. that down and sell it to the CW. Yeah, I should. Oh, man. You're excellent. I cannot wait to be working with you throughout yeah. this entire process. We're recording this for during the first week of rehearsals. We've That's been right. in the room for a little bit. It's before the see. big accident. It's and <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, man. That accident. Ooh. I'm going to be so stressed about that. Blood everywhere, right? Everywhere. It, like, it, I can't it, believe one body can hold so much blood. That's right. Like, everybody was, like, slippy sliding on the Yeah, yeah was... somebody said, Cannibal! <laughs> it would have been fun if it hadn't been, you know, a murder. <laughs> yeah. 
But the show must go on. The show must go on. Eventually. And that's why I respect you guys as, as <laughs> artists. That's what it's all about. Thank you for Yes, yes. Andy, not my there, podcast. There you go. Liz Estrada Jones runs this spring. You can find out more information about that on OpheliaTheater.org. My name is Zach Rich. This is Ophelia Talks. Oh.